The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. Then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? No holes on the North South Connection video what? and audio. Why are you wearing a New York Knicks hat? Why not? Why are you a fan of the New York Knicks? I'm a basketball uh, anarchist. No, not anarchist. Agnostic. Like I don't really like have a favorite team. That's how I am with hockey. I just like basketball. And I went to a Knicks game last year, sat in the Taco Bell suite, which was awesome. Nice. And uh, or Pepsi, I think it's technically the Pepsi suite. Um, and uh, I bought a hat and I like the hat. So I wear it. Very nice. Hmm. So at the beginning of this year, I would say around September, I needed to buy a new hat. I'm not wearing one now because my hair is long, but I had to buy a new hat. And I went to a sports store and the hat I loved was a Minnesota Timberwolves hat. I have one. And I, I was like, eh, like, you know, like I just love the design. I love the symbol. I thought it was neat. So I started wearing it. But because I started wearing it, I was like, I better learn about this team because someone's going to start asking me like. And but so you I get that game last night. Well, I watched a bunch of games and I ended up really actually liking the team. <laughs> so it's funny how your, fa- your fandom is. My um, hair is long right now, too. This is the longest non-pandemic time my hair has been probably since I was like a kid. Wow. See me, it's because I have my headset off. Go ahead, say it again. It's, yeah, me, it's just the uh, I haven't shaved is my difference because I haven't had a show in a week, so I no right. reason to shave. I never shave anymore, and it's like bad, like to the point where I panic shave if I realize I have to go somewhere, like if I have to go in the office for work or something. Like I'm like, oh shit, like I look like a scrub. Or I had a funeral. I was a pallbearer at a funeral a few weeks ago. Oh! What else? Were you doing that at the funeral? I wanted to. And I realized like the night before, I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to shave. <laughs> like I look like a scrub. I can't go like this. Um, but I actually wore a headband to basketball the other night. And it's the first time I've worn a headband ever because my nice. hair was bothering me in my face. How'd it feel? Yeah, I liked it. I felt cool. So I, I would, I mean, I've had my hair long at various points. I used to have it longer. And I used to do all these uh, simulations for certain things around here. And I got known as Bandana Man. Mm. So much so. Bandana Man, Dan. Yeah, I was crossing a border at one point, and they were like, where do I know you from? And my wife goes, he's Bandana Man. (laughs) And they're like, oh, I fucking knew it. All right. Well, I'm known as January 4th, 1999 Raw Man around these parts. 
And uh, this Noel's Bard officially every other week here. We are going through every WWFE world title change ever. Mm-hmm. We started with the first one with a Bruno back in the day. Buddy and Rogers. Buddy Rogers. We are now on our 42nd world title change. And uh, tonight we are talking Mankind versus The Rock. It was recorded, actually happened on December 29th, 1998. Aired January 4th, 1999. It's a very famous night in wrestling history. It's the night Tony Schiavone told us not going to put the butts in the seats. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a big nitro with Bill Goldberg in the police station uh, and all that stuff at the Georgia Dome. So it's a pretty historic night. Uh, We actually did a Place to Be podcast years ago breaking out the raw and the nitro because chad campbell's actually at the nitro and i was like raw so we did a an episode kind of talking about both and breaking them down um you know i don't i don't hold anything back on this being one of my favorite live experiences in wrestling history how could it not be it was just the whole top to bottom i wrote a whole article about it placemation.com i think it's still out there you go uh it's still out there somewhere if you go searching for it if you're really interested in the whole backstory of how we arrived in the worcester that night um, but this this match wasn't announced i mean it was it, it was made throughout the night and it was a taped raw yeah you so thought you were just going to see a shitty taped raw yeah you're not thinking anything big's gonna happen right? <clears throat> austin wasn't supposed to be there he was still gone from um rock bottom you know and like undertaker was going to be returning the week after that was all over the dirt sheets that he was going to be on the January 11th um, raw and his new gimmick and all that shit, which is true. That's, birthday that's to ended me. Up happening. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we didn't go in with any expectations to the show and it just, you could get a, a buzz and a vibe as the show went on. So this is, we'll watch the match. We'll talk about it, but I can already promise you, I'm going to be completely irrational in what, what this is all about this match here, because it's just, I guess swept up. I get, I don't usually someone that gets like goosebumps. I get physical goosebumps when like that glass breaks and the end happens to right. that match. Like it definitely means a lot to me historically, but uh, you want to quickly talk about the categories that we rank these in and then we'll get into the match. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, look, we've been ranking things in uh, five different categories. Uh, we each give a score out of 10, which gives us a nice round score out of a hundred since we each give a score. The first is match quality. Uh, then significance, the moment, the build, and the aftermath. Aftermax. In the aftermax, absolutely. This is the inside wrestling edition. Yes, yes, it is. All right, so we're queued up. Uh, I'm on Peacock. Aaron's on the Scandinavian Network. Hey, man. And Frank wasn't found in Scandinavia. All right, so I am paused at 12044 if you're on Peacock. Um, it's not a very long match at all, so we're going to dive right in. We'll One twenty twenty two on the Netherlands network. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, let's count it in. In three, two, one, play. So I I had this spoiled. <laughs> well, I would think most people did. I mean, yeah. it was a week later. Like I had a, a friend come in. I remember I was in theater school and we were both fans. And, you know, you cling to those people that are wrestling fans. And um, he came in on like the Wednesday and was like, oh, you're going to be happy. Because he was a big – at the time – he was really into the rock and right. he was like, you ever have a friend who's like really into something, but so into it that it's annoying. Mm. And so you like it a little less. Right. That's how he was with the rock. So when he won the tournament, like I, in retrospect, like at the time, I remember thinking that's a good decision, but this guy was so fucking annoying with it that, um, and his uh, interesting. He's a friend of mine uh, has a similar name to you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like, but just a very, 
like just a very obnoxious person. Yeah. I do like all of uh, DX coming down with him. Well, some good solidarity um, yeah. because DX had been in a war with the corporation um, through the whole back end of 98 and even earlier in the night, right? They, uh, the whole thing of Shawn Michaels where he finally turned on the corporation and he gets beat up outside and it looked like he was going to reside with DX. Yeah. Um, that heel turn did not last long for Sean. Was it like three weeks? Because I, I believe it's December 7th. I remember it was my birthday episode when <laughs> um, he turned on X-Pac and cost him the match on right. Raw. I hit him with the chair. And this is December 29th. So he's already out of the corporation as the corporate commissioner. I think he lasted on one pay-per-view. Hmm. Um, this is also during the Mankind Weird Rock remix music before, <laughs> which I like. I like, I like it too. I feel like it actually makes this moment better because it's such a cool song to be playing underneath like the celebration. The old one wouldn't have worked. And the, the new, new one, one just wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't there yet. Like it wasn't no. his song. And like it would have felt like, I don't know, like he needed to win one on, under the old song. Yeah. This is also during the rock in a track suit. Um, yes. Era. yes hiding his titties, um, yeah. which is fine. Do the, you, are you bothered when you see the word titties written with the letter D? i've been online way too long to be bothered by stupid spelling the um yeah so i like dx doing the solidarity the core i love the corporation here like we've talked about this quite a bit um especially when we were talking about like breakdown and deadly games but the corporation from like september to mania is like peak Million dollar. No. I mean, uh, Jesus. there was no, no peak ever for the million dollar corporation. It's certainly better than that. Yeah, peak corporation with Vince McMahon Corporation. Um, you know, Testa just showed up. You got Shane in the ref shirt because that's how this all got built earlier. The lonely night. referee. Yeah, Shane. Well, he's past that, but he was refereeing a match and he screwed Mankind out of. I, Mankind was fighting Triple H for the number one contender. That's right. And he screwed him. Yeah, Hunter took the win. Shane screwed him. And then Hunter said, like, Merry Christmas. He punched Shane. And then Mick put him in, like, an arm, in arm, arm yeah. until Vince agreed to give him the title match. Now, it seemed ridiculous that he would win the belt here because he had just had a pay-per-view title shot. We had the Rumble not far off. They were continuing the feud. It, like, it didn't feel like something they would do on a Raw. Like, it felt like this was going to be Bullshit. just like a schmoz, no. DX of the corporation fight, match gets thrown out, rematch at the Rumble. Like, it felt like that's where we were headed um, yeah. while we were sitting there. This whole night, too, is an all-time great Vince night that no one talks about. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Get that fucking shit out of the chat. Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, Vince storming around and angry. Like, it's it's such good stuff. I hate that Mankind is still wearing the uh, Job Squad t-shirt underneath. Mm. Well, and, and the shirt's he, all ripped up. Like, he definitely looks like a slop. I mean, Does it's... he just have one shirt that he's worn for all these months? It Probably, feels like right? it. Yeah, I think it just keeps getting ripped apart. Yeah. So, I mean, it is kind of a goofy look, but I love Vince with the winter look. No tie. He's got like the yeah. more of a houndstooth coat on versus like <laughs> a, the normal one. And this match, I, I like it because it's just, it's pure. It's it's a sprint and it's chaotic. It's like yeah. they're two minutes in and Rock is beating him with stairs on the floor. You know what I mean? It's like, but destroying him with stairs, not just yes. beating him. Like Yeah, he's smashing him with them. And like Vince, shot, shots that should end his life. And I love it's subtle because you just you don't realize it while it's going, but like they're constantly showing Vince and Shane on the on the aisle. Yeah. And and he's like excited. And that pays off 
at the end when he wins, when Mankai wins and he does a big gulp and he's in shock in the, on the yeah. ramp because they've been showing him the whole time and his arrogance yeah. it pays off at the end when he's like, fuck, we got screwed. I think my one of my favorite moments is when Austin's music hits. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but who cares? Everybody knows what Coming this fast. is. Coming yeah. um, they The music hits and they cut to Vince and he's trying to calm down everyone. Like he's like, yeah. okay, like, he, like he's, he's still <laughs> we'll in control. We'll get by, we'll get by, we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, we're actually right here. We're like, I don't know if you can see us, but we're, we're like six rows back on the floor, right behind the announcers. Oh, behind the announcers? Yeah, so we have like awesome seats. So like, no we sure. were, it was Perfect like a dream for, night. for seeing like someone come down to the ring. Oh, it was a dream night. Like, yeah, I mean, I've been to some big pops. Like, I was at yeah. the Scott Steiner debut. I was the Hardy's return at 33. Um, you know, Ben for whatever it is now, Benoit 20. Like, I've been at some really loud pro wrestling moments. Mm. To me, still nothing compares. Because this. this is this is visceral. Yeah. It's not so like the Hardys, it's joy. Right. Like it's joy. Like I would argue that like even Benoit is joy. This is like Benoit was ah! relief. Benoit yeah. was relief that he didn't tap out. That yeah. was relief. Um the closest I think might have been I was at the Raw before invasion when Austin comes from the friendly tap with the cute oh, pool cue yeah, yeah. and kicks the shit out of the uh out of the alliance. That might be the closest I've had to this, where it was just like pure insanity and everyone losing their mind as he was cleaning house hmm. but this i mean to me like i said i get because that it's so for all the shit kevin dunn gets a oh, great rock bottom on the table just oh, fucking everyone's losing their mind right now um i love that vince kind of is looking hurt for mick even here <laughs> like oh my god for all the shit kevin dunn and rightfully so gets being a piece of shit and a terrible director he gets this one right. Whether Tim or Kerwin Sylphies or whoever calls yeah. the shot, when that glass breaks and they go wide and you see everyone stand up at the same time, it's like yeah. the timing is immaculate. Not and stand. Jump. Like, it's not stand. It's people are jumping for joy. Right. And and the cool part is we weren't privy to Sean earlier in the night saying, you guys might be in for a Stone Cold surprise. He says that on a backstage thing that they didn't show Oh, in the arena. So we had no clue. Like everyone said Austin was coming back on January 11th. Undertaker's coming back on mm -hmm. January 11th. There was no rumor at all that Austin was going to be at their show. Yeah. I think at home got spoiled a little bit, but it didn't matter because everyone already knew by then anyway, because it was a taped show. Right. So like they yeah. didn't, it was, it was either taped after or they didn't show it to us, whatever it was, but we weren't privy to the stone cold surprise line. So when that glass breaks, that's like pure imagination it, it's just like you know like just oh, pure reaction there's no there was no expectation that it was about to come out yeah i love shane like whenever he interferes going his arm is still hurting him yes earlier in the yeah, night he's like, what, a, what a piece of shit shane is <laughs> yeah. this is test fresh off the road of motley crew that's right and fucking badass ken shamrock standing there like he's gonna murder someone Canes out there. This is when they're cucking them in the corporation. That's right. Yeah. Even Billy looks fucking cool right now. Well, yeah, because he's the he's the first one to jump in. I, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's it felt like a war. Like it felt like important. It's like it's, DX is out there because they need to counteract because they're, they're done with the corporate bullshit, and they're done the, with um, mankind getting hosed. 
is this the only the 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 title change where both guys are at their absolute worst look? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Although it makes were... it makes us even like hit more that Rock is wearing this stupid outfit for this match yeah, for some reason. Like it's because this is one where you could argue if he didn't always wear this, it'd be easier to argue like, well, he just wasn't prepared to wrestle. Like he wasn't supposed yeah. to have this match, you know. Vince's glee on the people's elbows amazing. He's like, oh, he's so happy that he hit it. Oh, he knows this kind. This is it. Like mankind's yeah. a stooge. Like they're not in any way really worried about this match, right? Because they're thinking, all right, we have our whole team out here. This mm-hmm. dude's just in the end, he's a perennial loser. <clears throat> he can't beat the Rock. Speaking of losers, look at Road Dog. Yeah, big time. But even he looks cool here. Yeah, oh, pissed off Vince. I love Vince is so good here. God, that Troop sixty nine shirt is so fucking nineties. Like, yeah. Oh, you said sixty nine. <gasps> it's cool. You know, two years ago, my six-year-old played football and they gave him number 69. It feels like they shouldn't allow that number. No, I don't think it should at all. (laughs) And he's like, why? Why are people laughing? I'm like, I can't explain this to you now. Was he up against number 420? Oh, that'd be the best. (laughs) Tess looks cool. They look cool. I know. This is such a vibe. This is like a low key match that I would show someone that does wants to understand what the attitude era was like. Like there's other stuff you think of hell in a cell and some Austin shit, but like, this match really, to me, is like the epitome of this era. Like, I know it's yeah. not the best match. I know there's like bigger stuff, but the crowd, the hype. And I also yeah. think, you know, I, I like a modern day Michael Cole, but this era of Cole is terrible. But in this he's match, I think he's, he's, he's really bad. good. I actually think he's really, really good. Yeah. Maybe Vince is at ringside not producing him. Is a part of it. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like he. I think he's great. Like he tells the story. Yeah. His excitement matches the moment. He's not doing as much of the hyperbole. Here we go. Here comes Shamrock. So I've I've rewound to this part about a thousand times. Here we go. Yeah, Billy Gunn knocks him out of the ring. I gotta hear the pop. I I jacked it up. This shot right here. You can see they get ready for the wide shot. I mean, just like everyone stands at the same time. Yeah. And he's he so, like, he's walking with such purpose, too. Oh, yeah. You know he's coming to fuck him. Yeah. Oh, Vince trying man, to come. Stay calm. Stay calm. This, oh, I love this chair shot, too, because everyone's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> here we go. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. And, and, and no one else is jumping in, but it's no. they're all occupied. And Vince just is that, watching. Oh, my God. That's Vince a stain buzz. From the glass until here, like yeah. that sustained buzz is insane. And then he throws his hat at him. I yeah. and it's Vince starts cursing the heavens. Oh, <laughs> like, it's so good. Oh, the he's... cuts. This is one time that with the done quick cuts works so yeah. well because you're soaking everything in. It's like Foley with the belt. Vince is losing his mind. Austin's laughing it up. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. And I like that Austin gets out of there. Like then you get Foley his moment. Yeah, you know? rocks all fucked up. Yep. And I like that they had DX celebrate with them. It's not like a mega powers type thing where like they're taking the moment because Foley's no, story. Is, well, his story is all about acceptance, yeah. right? It's like he's being accepted by the people. He was always a weirdo and a lovable loser and an oddball, but now yeah. he's being accepted by the cool kids. He's being accepted by the fans, and it's his crowning moment in the schoolyard, right? He's getting paraded around the schoolyard by all the cool kids. So like that's no. that's what it felt like, and it's like just Except such for a Triple H doing this. Triple H is never cool doing this. The forced cool kid, Triple yeah. H. <laughs> the rest of them are cool, even the road dog. Yeah. Vince crying. 
Yeah, because Vince goes through all these moments. He goes through, like, doubt. Then he goes through, like, anger. Now he's, like, in slow acceptance. Oh, and there's one more moment they're about to have where they announce him as champion. Yes. And it, like, it seems to go through his body like poison, yeah. Vince. Like, And then he does a yo, Adrian, we did it. Uh, I yeah, I mean, it's... That- it's definitely one that, like I said, to me, holds completely test of time. Here um, they're about to announce. Yeah, they had Road Dog do it, the yeah. shtick, which was smart. Yeah. And... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a his reaction is so perfect. And then they cut back to him, and he's breathing heavy. Yeah, it's brilliant. <sighs> the whole thing's can't... brilliantly done. Yeah. It's like a ballsy move too to do it on a taped draw that's gonna run against a major nitro. Like I know they were they were pretty much winning regularly at this point, but I think it was still a little back and forth. But to to run it taped and give away, I mean it gets smart. Like you know, as much as Rus uh Shivani and Bischoff do the whole butts in the seats, like it did. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Like yeah. people tuned over. Yeah, because everyone everyone loved Mick Foley. Yeah, everyone loves Foley, right. It's not like like it's not like it was like Roman Reigns in 2015. Right, like someone that no one cares. Like everyone, this is a big moment. Mick Foley winning his first world title. Yeah. A guy who was clearly good enough to be world champion in WCW also. Mm -hmm. There you go. AJ, we did it. Yeah. Billy Gunn sitting on the chair, like he was like, is he tired? Like, did he have a big night before this? I don't remember he wrestled earlier. Yeah, I just remember leaving, just buzzing the arena like after this. Like I was like, we were flying high. We uh, we took a limo because it was snowing. My mom didn't want us to drive, so she got us a limo. That's funny. So like, we all piled back into the limo and just were like, "Holy shit!" Like just, I I mean, it was like your sports team one. Like I just remember hugging people, high fiving people in the crowd, random people. Like it was just like this insane, pure moment of like just a likable dude getting his moment and the story. And I'm going to fact this into my build, the story of Mick Foley in the WWF in his career building to this moment, because that's part of the entire, you know, that's a part of the entire story, right? right? That they tell within this angle is that Foley's always been the, the loser, the guy that the stooge who gets set up and used and, you know, his whole career, he's been the weird outcast and he finally wins it after his long journey sleeping in the car. Like Cole tells it during the post-match, right? So, that is my flex. I wrote a whole article about it. Yeah, that, is a, that, that is a bit of a weird flex. Took a limo to the Raw. Too. Well, my favorite part was when we pull up in the limo, we pulled up, they dropped us off at the front of the Centrum and everyone stormed the limo thinking like wrestlers or something, we're getting out of limo and then we pile out, a bunch of morons pile out and they're like, oh. But, Look at that guy's long hair. Must be cool. Not bad. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's get to our categories then. So, yeah. So this is a bit of a tricky one, right? Like, mm. so I'm look for match quality. It's weird. If I was just ranking this on one category, like if I was saying, what is this experience top to bottom? Right. Right. It's probably for me, it's a five-star experience. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this before where it's like, I understand Hogan Andre is not a technical masterpiece, but as a whole, it's a five-star right. experience. Ultimate Warrior beating Honk Tonk Man at SummerSlam is a five-star experience. So that's what I would say about this too. But because we have all the other match qualities, 
uh, all the other categories. I don't think in this particular instance I could rank the match five stars. Yeah, right? I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I, I think I'd rank it probably around a three and a half. I like the sprint. I like the energy. I like what both guys do. And that'll give me a score of seven for match quality. Which yeah, I'm going to match that. I'm going to match it. higher that's... than I would yeah. have thought, but. I think it's over exceeding expectations. When you look at it, it's like a nine minute match. That's a brawl around the ring. Like, yeah, really. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's kind of get the Montreal factor to it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the, the chaotic feel and like everything going on around it adds to the moment. Like, you know, that yeah. the Montreal match, you could argue is like probably not like a great match, but because of everything that goes into it and the story and the history and the moment yeah. like, brings it up a level, right? The intensity of it. So exactly. All right. Um, significance. I don't know how high I can go. Like it's aside from like, I just put as a default five. I I don't know if I can go higher. I might be convinced to go lower, but it's like, it makes Mick a main eventer, a a world champion, I guess. But. Oh, it it definitely legitimizes him because to this point, he was still the guy that was just brought up to use in main event title matches that you needed like a month monthly contender right like that's what it was a mind games See, revenge still, of the I, taker I even dude feel... love is probably the closest he got but yeah. then they made him the patsy all through the fall like it, it never seemed like he was going to be the one and yeah tim just you know our producer tim throws in the nitro factor the butts and the seats um you know that that's a significant moment everyone s- sneaks over to raw helps swing the ratings yeah, maybe i'll know? bump it up for that for that and, and it make and it's fully st- Mick Foley becomes a world champion, but on a but taped he, raw, but like he is, a, yeah, but he is and he's not like he's never like as much as he's the world champion here, he's not the world champion the way The Rock is, he's not no, the world but champion the way Austin is, yeah, but but he's not even but that's would, why it's not a nine, yeah, but I, I, I don't even think it, it could get that high, like because of it, because he's never looked at as like a a main eventer on the same level as those guys. Now that's almost unfair, right? I think yeah, it's a little unfair. Think of, what, think of what comes from this that he probably wouldn't have had before this, right? So he gets multiple more pay-per-view title matches. Fine. He's had some of those becomes the chef boy RD commercial guy, right? He hadn't really done commercial stuff. Hadn't really become presented number one times bestseller. I don't know if that happens if he doesn't become a guy that's, you know, in the world title picture that had, Elevated to that level. He main events WrestleMania 2000 as part of that. He probably is not a WrestleMania main eventer unless he's elevated to the world title contention. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, and I don't know if he helps elevate Triple H in the world title picture either. If he's not like hadn't been at that level over the year before, because it would have yeah. been dude love again in 98. So I, I just think I think it made him it showed that they had the faith in him to pull the trigger. And that makes those matches later potentially feel like there's some drama and some stakes to it. Like, does he win SummerSlam 99 if he didn't win here already for the title? Like, like so, like, it, without that drama in him in the mix, like, him, we don't know that he could be world champion at that point. He feels like a throwaway. But at least then he's established as a world championship guy that they can get behind enough to put the title on. I'm only going a little bit. I'm going to go six because, again, like... Well, that's where I'm going because I bumped it up. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, but that's why yeah. I'm at a six. I do think it yeah. leads to a lot of different stuff. And the moment of him... The butts in the seats. Like, I think there's enough there. that Yeah, I think it's, low. for me, it's a five and the butts in the seats bumps it up to a six because as much as I, like, I don't, I, I think I just disagree with your premise in terms of, like, you, I, I think you might be stretching a bit to say that, like, he doesn't get to 2,000 without this moment. Maybe, but I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, it's a perfectly fine hypothesis and it, it right. might be true, but I'm not quite seeing that. Based... And it's really based on how they treat him as a world title contender 
every other time going forward. Like, so again, yeah, that's why it's not a nine or a 10 for me, right? As opposed to a six. I, I think it's a fine score. All right. Moment, I think it's quite easily a 10. 10. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it's one of the few that if I could go higher, I would. Like, we've had some tens. Um, well, I would it's a greatest. It's, a, it's in the conversation for greatest moment ever, right? I think of all these title changes we've done so far, this, I think, is the best moment. What else have we put 10? We put Brett and Undertaker 10. I'd say Hogan Sheik. Okay, maybe Hogan Sheik. Um, the 92 Rumble, I think this is a better moment than Flair winning the Rumble. Savage beating Flair at eight. I love it. I th- I would have this slightly better than that. Brett Taker for sure. Montreal, I guess, is in the conversation. Well, Montreal is just a different. Guess. Those are yeah. the hardest ones to compare because, like, this is a moment of joy versus right. a moment of infamy, right? Yeah. So I think it's at least in the conversation for the best ever. Yeah. Uh, for the build, I'm going the full 10. Uh, again, it plays off of all the corporation stuff all through the fall. Uh, you know, I know we it plays off them using Mankind as the patsy at the de- the greatest angle of all time. We give it 10. Or did we give it 10 last time or no? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, the build. Right? So that's all part of that, right? Because you got Yerpel, you got the dad, you got the bedpan. That all builds toward this. You got the rock bottom fuck finish. And then when you layer in on top of it, all of Mick Foley's career trajectory that leads to this moment because that's part of the story. They tell that story on all the weeks leading up and on this night that this is the end of his career. If he retired after this, it's like his career is a story. And they tell that story throughout the match and the post-match. Like, again, slept in his car, trained all these years, never won the big one, finally wins the big one. This is his moment, right? Something like, like the Boyhood Dream stuff. Um, and then you put in Austin getting his revenge on McMahon and The Rock after he fu- they fucked him at breakdown, right? He comes out. He gets his payback. You get the DX piece. And then we're not even talking about the story throughout that Raw where we just talked about, right? Shane gets mm-hmm. his arm twisted. Vince gives in. So we have a we have a small story within the show. We have the story from Deadly Games to Here between Mankind and The Rock. We have the story of Vince using Mankind that goes back to, like, really Dude Love, if you think about it. Vince is using him as a stooge from Dude Love. He puts him in the cell against Undertaker. Puts him with Kane. Uses him at Deadly Games. Then you layer in Austin McMahon on top of it all. Like it's it's got everything, and then Foley's career. So it's to me, it's got like five or six stories in one, and that build just leads. If you didn't have that much hype and build and anticipation, you don't get that pop and that pure ecstasy and joy because of the story of mankind. Mick Foley finally winning the big one. Yeah, like if that's would... X Pac in that match or even Triple H, it's not getting that moment. No, I would agree that that's. I struggle with like how far to go back with these builds, like because in theory you could do that for anyone. It's like it, when when Randy Savage won the title the second like the first time or even the second time, like we could have built off of well the snake bite and before that it was the retirement. And, well, I think and- we kind of did when we talked about eight. We talked about his whole journey and and walk up to that like his whole he had retired he came back flair i mean yeah but then but then to me like we we rank that a seven right and like but savage had been world champion before like to me that yeah, I, I know but 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 like we, Look, you can we, score it what you want yeah I'm just telling but, you but, I'm, but I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to articulate why i'm scoring it less than you right because like cold-hearted bitch maybe or you're just a fucking mankind mark uh, on that night yeah for yeah. sure um 
so yeah, and I I really don't like the build from um, uh, Deadly Game to this point. I'd say that's the weakest part of all the of all yeah. the story. That's the weakest part. Sure. I hate. I always hated the fuck finish at rock bottom too. Yeah. Like so, and I think that's why, if anything, like I think without that, without that run of like Deadly Game to here, um, I think without that, excuse me. Um, I'm probably maybe at a nine, maybe at a 10, but it just, it, it, it knocks a bit too much. I remember at the time, and I really remember at the time being completely bored with the product up until this moment. Right. Right. And I think for me, that's got to play into the build, which is why I'm at an eight, which is still good. It's still among the highest, but it's not, uh, not a 10. All right. I'm saying a 10. <laughs> I just think there's too much. I just think there's too much history layered in, and and I know that, that sometimes you're like, oh, well, how far back do we go? Yeah. I mean, I think some stories have more, even though it doesn't have to just start at the last title change. Like to me, like just because we start at the well, last, no, but, we're just going title change to title change. Sure. There's stories that go beyond those title changes. Like when we do WrestleMania 15, we're not just going to factor in Valentine's Day Massacre to WrestleMania or whatever that Raw to WrestleMania 15, right? We're gonna no. tell the whole story of Austin McMahon, which is like a year long. Yes, but but we it becomes less important. Like the further it? back it goes, I think so because that's what we do with Savage. I think Savage. It's funny. I think Savage Flair is actually a, a great counterpoint to it because like Savage Flair becomes an interesting build because Savage goes after Elizabeth. Uh, excuse me, Flair goes after Elizabeth, but we didn't factor in the whole drama of Elizabeth and getting back to Elizabeth. That Savage went Look, through. Look, we can't it. let the mistakes of yesterday define our future, my friend. You're just like, saying if we want to go back like and this fix match. that. You're like, so you're saying I you love like Savage. Savage Flair is like one of my favorite all time matches. We yes, yes, yes. Didn't like go this down one path, is like but... your special match, and I get it. Um, that's why I told I you that when we started that it was yeah. going to be overrated, and that's that's where that's the life we're living right now. Pal. So long as you admit it, I didn't hide it. I admitted I, it from the start. That's literally I, the first thing I said when we started the show was, I'm going to be completely unbiased. I'm I would be completely would, biased, you know? I'd like to go back and listen to um, when Sid beats Shawn Michaels. And I feel like I said the exact same thing at the beginning. It just means, like, the story just means yeah. a lot. And I just, I think you have to factor in the Austin stuff. And that's, you know, him getting revenge on the corporation by costing them and giving the title. And, like, like, the part I didn't mention either. Vince's whole fucking thing through this whole storyline since March is having the right corporate champion. He's obsessed with it. Austin is yeah. a degenerate piece of shit, and he would never back a stooge like Mankind because he's a fucking weirdo and sicko, and he would never be the guy. And they use him as a patsy. And so in the end, the two dudes that Vince did anything he could to keep the belt off because they're not the proper corporate champion that they could put the machine behind is now your champion. So I like, I like that's part of it too. Like they paid off Vince, not wanting this weirdo fucking being your champion. And now look at him. Like King even says it. So it is part of the story. Like King says it in the commentary, like, Oh my God, Vince, this is your corporate champion. Now like mankind's your champion. Like he kept saying it throughout the match. So I agree that it's part of the build. It's not yeah. getting me above an eight. Whatever. All right. My aftermath, uh, look, I got to get this into the top, so I'm going to go five. <laughs> um, you can't? Okay, I'm going to go one then, if that's how we're doing. <laughs> no, no, I really do believe it's a five. Because I do believe it sets up, again, Foley as a world champion, allows them to then do what they want to do, which is kind of hot potato and eat time up to mania. 
Uh, I don't think Rock is the type of champion that needed to have it for months before Austin, because it's really Austin chasing Vince's guy, right? So it could have been anyone in that Rock slot at that point. Um, so I think it gives them... Well, no, it, because you got to go back to December 97 when they started feuding and he threw the Intercontinental title. Well, it, mean, it adds to it. It definitely means more. Or how about Survivor Series 96? It's the night of Austin's uh, de- yeah. best and night Rock's in the debut. Rock debut. You, know? you could. But my point is, the true base story was Austin McMahon. So it allows them to then spend the next couple of months hot potatoing and having some memorable title changes and matches makes man kind of rock it all time feud, right? That you can, you can Trump is but you don't think it is no an all time series. No, no, no. Where, where's the, where's the all time? Like, look, if something it's an all time historically stare. Like people remember mankind versus the rock from 98, 99. That's like a, in WF canon. It's, it's a memorable storyline that they talk about for years. I just don't think it's that good a storyline between them. At like, least to rock and sock and all those years later, like that's all this comes out of this. No, I don't. I, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's nothing, but I don't think it's like, I feel like there's much more. I think triple H rock is a more memorable feud than this. Yeah. But it, so you don't think rock and sock, the highest rated segment in WF history, like that all comes from them having this feud and rock finally sort of accepting mankind, them becoming a tag team leading to like the highest rated segment ever. I feel like you're giving the rock, the writing a bit too much credit of tying those in, but, but I don't, I don't disagree that the, of the course rock it is- ties in. Why? That was the whole story that rock treats him like a piece of shit for most of the year. And he then he finally, accepts the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but he finally like kind of accepts him in and because, and then it really pays off later when he finally really does accept him in, was it 2004 or whatever the fuck, but he finally, you know, I, I love the payoff when he, when he saves him from triple H, when he's handcuffed, I think that's really good. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't view this as like an all time rivalry from the era. I just don't like, I think they do. And that's, what's more important. Maybe, but like, I mean, like for me, Austin Foley is a, is a bigger rivalry than this. Like Undertaker Kane is the bigger rivalry. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's the biggest. Austin Undertaker is a bigger rivalry, but it is an all-time Attitude Era rivalry. It's up there. You have Austin McMahon, you have Austin Undertaker, Undertaker Kane, Rock Mankind, Rock Triple H, and Triple H Mankind, Triple H Kane. See, I think Triple H Mankind is is more memorable than than Rock Mankind, and I know that sounds crazy. I like, like I like this series. It's just I don't I don't view it as like in in that stratosphere well this, this allows it, them to do it yeah but you see here's and here's my point with the <coughs> why i'm going three instead of five is that i don't like the hot potato for the belt i think this is where this is where it felt i know they've had instances where they've traded the belt back and forth before but i found that like when they did it in say early 97 it felt like more of a consequence of what the storyline was and what the, the feel of the promotion was. Whereas this to me feels like they're just killing time for Austin rock. Maybe, but I think as a byproduct, it established mankind as a guy that they put a world title on, which I don't think you would have thought of even like earlier that year. Like there was really no chance. Do love was beating Austin earlier in the year. Mankind for me is a world champion. The same way the Miz is a world champion. Uh, I don't think so. Why not? I think he's above that. Why? I think it's just a bigger era, and he was a more memorable star. I, I mean, agree. He's. I agree. He's a more memorable star. I agree. He's better. But like when you look at their their title reigns or things like that, like they didn't trust Mick enough to main event WrestleMania. They wanted to, but I think the story was was Austin McMahon. 
I, I agree that that's the that's the move. But they like, wanted like there was conversation of Austin Mankind. But 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 that's why I'm that's why I think that he's that like, he does main event mania the next year. Like, and I know it sounds devaluing to Mick Foley to say he's like I'm not trying to shit on Miz and I'm not trying to shit on Mick Foley. I think Mick Foley is about a bazillion times better than the Miz. I just think in terms of who they are as world champions, to me they're very similar. Because this I feels think, I just this think even feels a... like a, this is a fluke win, right? He's not even presented as a strong winner in the match, right? Yeah, but he's had a lot of losses he shouldn't have, had, so I think it equals out. But I think yeah. I think there's like different levels of world champion, right? So I think there's strapping up a guy and being the face of the company, yeah. but there's a lot of merit to strapping up a guy to legitimize him as a main event contender to make future main event title matches feel legitimate. And also a guy that you can tout as a former world champion that can be in that mix. Right. So if that was the goal with Miz too, I don't know. Um, sure. But like, I think with mankind, he wasn't a true world title challenger in a believable way until he won the world title. And then they could use him as a threat. Like so I did said, you not, did you not believe him against Austin? No, as dude I, love? no, no, well, I mean, just the timing. This is the time. Did you not believe him in the deadly game tournament? No. Well, it's all for the same reason. If like, because McMahon would or- orchestrate a big screw job to make him champion. Right. Like, it's not like, but I don't think he was believable enough to be a world champion guy on his own. Like, I don't until after he won it, then you could say, well, okay. They obviously believe enough in him to put the belt on him. Maybe he could win now. Yeah. I guess my, I guess my whole thing is that because of what they do with him as champion, I never, to me, he's never elevated to that point. And it's not that I like him He's less. more believable later against Triple H than he would have been if he had never won it before. I don't know, because the Triple H feud, may, maybe, but we don't it's know. It's because we know he's leaving. Yeah, but also, like, the Triple H feud is not really about the title. It's about a personal But he feud. could have won at the Rumble, and it would have been believable. Sure, but I don't know if he needed this win to establish that, because the, I mean... The only he, way, he one way, beat, it's the way I'm I know, but he couldn't beat him as Mankind. He had to go to Cactus Jack, who's got nothing to do with this feud, right? Yeah. That, uh, that was the whole thing, is that he made Triple H scared, and, you know, like... Yeah, but it was just to get the character out there. Anyway. All right, so that gives us a total score of 72. Yeah. Which, my friend, on the back of your grades, makes this tied with WrestleMania 8 for our seventh best title oh, change of all funny. time. It's tied with eight. Yep. Wow. And what was our, what's our, um, our uh, tiebreaker is significance. Yeah. So WrestleMania eight finishes above because we had the total significance oh, of 12 versus 10 here. No, actually, wait, what am I looking at? No, eight. Yeah, no, it should be ahead of, uh, it should be ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't bring up WrestleMania eight as an example because of, I, I had no clue. Right. Like, right. <clears throat> all right. So that is now our official seventh best title change of all time. Nice. All right. So should we break down the top 10? Yeah. I mean, look, bring your, you can bring your complaints along. Like, again, I told you it was going to be overrated. You shouldn't complain. Like, I, look, everything <laughs> you're saying the only reason I'm pushing back as hard as I am is because you, you at the beginning you said you were going to be on you're going to be biased and that's fine. I love this 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 whole thing. Like I I think it's brilliant and beautiful and like so don't don't. Well, think I think it's it goes to show like again we talk about this often. 
our criteria is different, right? Because like in, yeah. in no world would you have come into this and think, oh, it's going to be above the ultimate challenge. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's going to be above for... uh, Brett and Diesel at Survivor Series 95. Like, you know, it's yeah. crazy, but we just factor in so many other minutiae, you know? And look, the difference in our opinion here, I really believe comes down to the fact that I dislike the build from Deadly Game to this point substantially more than you probably. And I don't like the hot potatoing after. And those are the factors. Like those are the factors that have changed that that's the only real difference between us here. Yeah. All right. So let's go through our top 10. Producer yep. Tim's going to throw it up, it up for us. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I never would have expected that at number 10, Yes. Uh, number 10, uh, we got Hulk Hogan defeating Randy Savage with 69 points from WrestleMania five. Yeah, we'll see how much longer it's on this list. But we talked <laughs> about this too. Like slots four through ten are gonna change a lot. It's one through three that I think is gonna be tough. But like four through ten, there's not a lot of separation in here. So yeah, we're gonna see, I think, other a lot like pop in and out. Um, number nine is the match we talked about last episode, the rock defeating mankind, Survivor Series 1998. Yeah, number eight is the match we talked about a lot, surprisingly on this show. Randy Savage defeating Ric Flair, 72 points, WrestleMania eight. Now, number seven in what some may say is not one of the most memorable feuds in WWE history, but has two matches on this list. Mankind defeated The Rock on the January 4th, 1999 Raw. Yeah, well, when when the feud has more to do with other people than them, it's not as memorable. Uh, number six, Andre the Giant defeating Hulk Hogan from the main event. See, that's a memorable feud. Number five, Hulk Hogan. That's why it's higher. Number five, Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik with 76 points, uh, January 84. I would say that's not a memorable feud. No, not a feud at all. Uh, number four, yeah, just a destruction. Uh, number four, Ric Flair winning the 92 Royal Rumble with 78 points. Number three, Bret Hart defeating The Undertaker at the SummerSlam 1997 with 90 points. So there's that big jump from fourth to third. Yeah. Uh, number two, Steve Austin defeating Shawn Michaels, uh, WrestleMania 14, 93 points. And our top title change of all time as of this recording, Shawn Michaels defeating Bret Hart at Survivor Series 1997 in Montreal with 94 total points. So, I mean, I think it's a it's a strong list. Um, again, I think the ultimate challenge is one that you probably look at and think, all right, that should be probably in the mix. Um, yeah. But I don't think anything else to me jumps out hard, like, hard that should be inside that top 10 you know so i guess maybe wrestlemania 4 savage dibiase but yeah but we didn't at that point we weren't factoring in four years of past history like we did tonight so <laughs> yeah. you can understand why it's lower i mean it wasn't so um <laughs> anyway we'll be back in two weeks time we'll continue this all-time series uh we still got three matches left to chronicle in the Mankind Rock series. So if you're a fan of them, enjoy. If you hated this argument, you're probably going to hate the next three. Uh, we'll be back in a month with that. In two weeks, we'll be back with another draft like we do here at Noel's Bar. Be sure to subscribe uh, on YouTube if you're watching right now. Hit the button. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. You can get uh, audio feeds as well on any podcatcher app, North South Connection, or go to NorthSouthConnection.com for all of our content uh, is available to you there. So, Dookie's been dropped. We're out. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye, Dookie.